0: Hi, we're the ladies of LifeSight, and we're so glad you're here. We're ladies simply navigating the challenges and triumphs of this modern culture as moms, wives, sisters, and daughters. Join us each week as we discuss the raw questions and situations that we face every day from our unique perspectives. So grab your cup of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice, and let's dive into this week's episode.
1: Hi, I'm Rebecca. Hi, I'm Maddie. Hi, I'm Lisa. Hi, I'm Claire.
2: Welcome to this week's episode of the Ladies of Life Site. We are so, so excited because Lisa is back. All four of us are finally back together and we're all sitting here with our coffee and tea and definitely getting caffeinated because we're recording this kind of early in the morning to work around schedules and babies and all that. We are just so excited to have Lisa back. Lisa, welcome back. How are you? Thank you. I am
0: definitely adjusting to the juggle of three kids, but it does feel really good to be back and to catch up with all of you ladies and talk about, you know, just the importance of community, which is what all of you have been for me. And I hope that a lot of our listeners will get, you know, just some some great tips and tricks out of this episode today.
1: I think I would love to hear. I just want to hear from Lisa kind of what things have been like. Obviously last week we talked about community and people just kind of like stopping by to drop off food or just say, Hey, which, you know, in our, in our episode, we talked about that kind of being a little bit nerve wracking Just in general, but I think especially kind of postpartum and having a new kid, and and just kind of what that looks like for a lot of moms. My sister in law was talking about how she's a couple weeks. She had a had her baby a couple weeks after you, Lisa. So she's a, a little bit fresher, and she had somebody from their church. It was a mom and daughter, and they just stopped by. They had done a wedding and they had like leftover reception food. And so they stopped by with leftovers for my sister-in-law and her family. And uh, that got me thinking about our, our community conversation and (laughs) the fact that I'm like this, this, uh, sweet couple or this sweet mom and daughter from their church just like randomly stopped by and being like, so, so freshly postpartum and, she has four other kids. And so I'm like, it was probably pretty crazy at their house and just what that would feel like. And so I guess I'd love to hear kind of your, your experience with this kiddo and the fact that you guys recently moved. And so what has that been like? Have you had a lot of community? And if not kind of what, what have you hoped for in that experience?
0: Yeah, it definitely has been a little bit different this time. And one thing you said before I kind of jump into, you know, just some things that have been helpful. And one thing is, I think a lot of people assume, you know, when it comes to meal trains or dropping off meals or helping the new mom or a mom who just had another baby, that the most helpful part or the most helpful timeframe is right when she's had the baby or right after within the following week. But I have found at least this time that, you know, some of the most helpful timeframes for us have been later on. So my son is now two months old. And even just last week, like adjusting back to, you know, coming back to work was a huge adjustment. And so that kind of moving our brains away from the idea that, you know, just right off the bat, oh, it's been too long. They probably don't need help anymore. And having the, you know, kind of mental strength to say, you know what, I'm just going to check in on them or I'm just going to offer to make a meal. I know that they've, you know, they've, they're they probably in the swing of things now, but I'm just going to offer anyway. So I found that, you know, there are just different adjustments and you're, you still have a lot of, doctor visits, and you still have a lot of things that you're adjusting to even a couple months in. My chiropractor calls it the fourth trimester. So the, those 12 weeks after having a baby, it's it's another trimester, basically, she calls it. And so it's an adjustment. Your body's healing. You're adjusting to everything. And I think especially as you have more kids, because you have your other kids have doctor appointments, and they're going in other directions. And Last week, my oldest had VBS for her first year ever because she's finally old enough. But it was every day, Monday through Friday. You know, I had thought, great, she'll be there for a couple hours. It'll give me a little bit more time as I'm adjusting back to being at work and it'll be one less kid at home, you know, while during the week as we kind of adjust and she really struggled with being dropped off. And that was just something I wasn't expecting. And so My expectation of, like, great, her (laughs) having something else to do for the week and, you know, be able to interact socially a little bit more than we have been, because I feel like we've been just kind of hibernating the last couple months as we, like, adjusted the new baby. So it's, it definitely, I've learned just my expectations as a mom have kind of had to go out the window sometimes. But I will say, as far as one big lesson that I've learned, at least being on this side of things, because, you know, I think when you have a friend who's had a baby, it can be hard to feel like you want to step in or like, oh, I don't want to bother them. or I don't want to stop by or, you know, and I think that one piece that has really this time around helped my perspective is before I had the baby, I had a lot of people ask me, you know, has somebody set up a meal train for you? Like you have somebody setting it up and, you know, I want to bring you a meal when you have the baby or I want to you know, XYZ. But when it came to me actually having the baby, there was nobody who like took the initiative, like at least, you know, in my area where we live, of actually setting up the meal train. So I had all these people before I had the baby who were willing and wanting to, but because of like, you know, your brain as a mom, when you have a baby, you're not really thinking Like, oh, yeah, these were all the people that said, let me know when you need help. (laughs) So you don't remember, you know, who all these people were who said, I want to bring you a meal. And so one night we had a knock on our door and one of our neighbors down the street who she's having a baby later this month. And she just she and her husband just came to our door and brought us like two big pans of like enchiladas. But they were in like the tin foil pans so we could pop them in the freezer if we already had dinner going for the night. But she's like, I wanted to bring you a meal I had said I wanted to and I just wanted to stop by and just bring it. And that like was so moving to us because a lot of people had offered but never really took the initiative, if that makes sense. And being on the receiving end of it, that just meant so much for somebody to just stop by unannounced and just do it. And so that kind of taught me when I'm in the shoes of somebody wanting to help, I always kind of get held back by the fear of, well, they maybe already have dinner going tonight. Or, you know, you kind of have you make excuses in your mind of like, well, maybe somebody else is bringing them a meal or whatever. And so one thing that's been helpful is if you're unsure, just bring them a meal in like one of those tin foil, like bring them a freezer meal, basically, that they could either pop in that night if they don't have dinner yet. Or just tell them, you know, put the directions, like write it in Sharpie on the tin foil on the top. And that way they can pop it in the freezer and then pull it out on a night when they don't have something. So that has just spoken volumes of like, giving me ideas for how to help others. Reba, you had asked, you know, how easy has it been to find like a community here? Do we have that? And we do. And this is something I want to share with our listeners is that, you know, we were. We moved back to the area a year ago, and so in the fall, I was really intentional about trying to find a moms group to get plugged into in our area, and I did, and that moms group has been huge for me. So for any of the listeners who don't currently have a community, like seek out and find one. Um, take the initiative on yourself to you know find what is available in your community, and if there isn't anything, then start one. Just start, you know, reaching out to different women that you know at your church or your neighbors or whoever and just start inviting. And whether it's once a month, be the person to set it up. I think that can be hard, too, sometimes. But I think that as women, we all need community. You know, life wasn't meant to be done alone. And so especially having community of other women that we can f- lean on and fellowship with and encourage each other. And so I have a moms group, but <laughs> the 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 meal train thing for me, the moms group usually sets one up, but because it's summertime when I had the baby, um it like got lost in translation and it never got put together up until like the leader reached out to me and she's like nobody ever did a meal train for you, right? Like I don't know what happened. And I was like, you know what? It's totally fine. Life happens. We don't mind. We had other people drop off meals and, you know, it was totally fine. But she's like, can we still do a meal train for you? And so two weeks ago, they did a meal train for us for the week. And it actually, even though I was seven weeks postpartum at the time, it actually was still really helpful. So I definitely want to encourage all of our listeners that... It doesn't have to be right off the bat, though that is a very helpful and important time. But you still can help and support moms even a couple months into it. Even if you don't in your mind think they need help, they may in some way. So... I know I've heard some women in my mom's group said, you know, some of the most important things for them were, you know, just another mom just stopping by with her kids and letting her kids play with their older kids and just holding the baby and just giving her, the mom, a break for, you know, 20 minutes and and just talking with her and having adult conversation. She said that was really helpful for me. I feel like with the third kid, <laughs> I feel like I'm surviving on coffee a lot more these days. And so for the first couple of weeks, I've f- I felt like my little outing was going and grabbing a coffee at the coffee shop nearby. One great gift for new moms is a, a gift card to their favorite coffee shop. Or, I mean, last week was a really hard week for me, and I had reached out to these the ladies of LifeSite and just said, Hey, ladies, can you pray for me? You know, our oldest had a really hard time getting dropped off at VBS, and it just everything compiled last week. There was just a lot going on. And Reba was like, I wish I could give you a coffee and a hug. And next thing I know, I get a message from her and she said, there's a coffee and a cookie being dropped off for you in 10 minutes. And she used Grubhub to send me something. And that just like had me in tears because that was just like amazing when you can't, you don't have a chance to leave your house and you're just having a hard time adjusting. Like, so there are ways to support other moms, even when you live far, you know, or even when you know, you're at work and they're at work and you can't, you know, show up in person. We have, you know, all these different opportunities these days with Grubhub and things like that to, you know, tangibly do something. But I have found before I turn it over to the other girls, sorry, I'm chatting so much today, but I feel like I've had all this time to reflect in my mind with a new baby. One part that has been really important, I think it's it's not talked about enough postpartum for moms is just the mental... You know, making sure that moms are are doing okay, and that they're if they're not if they're not okay, are they struggling? You know, I think postpartum depression, anxiety is really so common, and it's not talked about enough. And I don't think there the resources are put out there enough. And so, I want to encourage all of our listeners that if you have even just a mom who's been a mom for a while, I encourage you to reach out to her and check in and just see how she's doing. I think. Even months later, after you have a baby, postpartum, depression, anxiety can hit late. Sometimes it's not always right off the bat. So, one question that I have learned this time around that has been really helpful is instead of asking, How are you doing? to ask, How are you feeling about XYZ? So, like, How are you feeling about the adjustment to three kids? And that'll give you a better answer than, How are you doing? Because they might say, I'm okay or I'm good, things are fine. But if you ask, how are you feeling about, you know, having just had a baby, you might get a little bit more of an answer and you might be able to, you know, help talk through it or help find ways to pray for them better. Or So I found definitely checking in. And it's hard because some days as a mom, some days are really good and you don't feel like you need that much help and you don't feel like you need somebody constantly checking on you. But The next day may not be as good. And so I have found just out of the blue, you know, reaching out to a friend who's just had a baby. I've had a couple friends who have constantly, maybe once a week since I had him, just text me. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm just checking in because I know what it's like. I remember when I had my baby, it was, you know, spoke volumes when people just text me and checked in. How are you doing? And one thing I've learned on the receiving end of it as a mom If you're a mom who's just had a baby or people are checking in with you, but sometimes they check in when you're having a good day. And so you kind of feel like, well, I don't really need any help today. And that's okay because not every day is going to be hard or a challenge. But the days that are hard, you feel like you really do need that support. So one thing I've learned is if somebody checks in with me, to be honest and say, you know, today really is a good day. And I am doing okay, but tomorrow may not be as good of a day. Could you check in with me again tomorrow? And having the strength to say that, I think can really make a difference. Because sometimes, as moms, we feel like we have to take on the world, you know, and we have to do it all and we've got to get everything done. And The more kids you have, the less chance you have to rest. I think the adjustment to three has been super easy compared to the adjustment to two for us. But it's been harder on me, both mentally, emotionally and physically. Like I feel more drained. I feel more exhausted because with one, you can kind of nap when they nap. With two, there's maybe a chance you can kind of sit down and rest with three. There's one kid always awake, like somebody always needs you. And I think that just continues the more kids you have. And so it definitely like no matter how many kids you have, there's challenges in every stage and every, you know, in every piece as a mom. But I think being honest and finding, finding those friends and those women that you can go to and say, hey, today is a good day, but tomorrow may not be good. Could you check in with me? I found that to be really helpful. And if you're not plugged into a mom's group or a community, I, like, urge you to pray about, like, have it, like ask God to bring you a community. Ask God to bring you a mentor mom. Ask God to bring you some friends. Because it is hard to do life alone, and we shouldn't do life alone. And, I mean, our husbands are supportive, and they can be as supportive as they can. But they're just, I think, in our culture, like, we need other people. We need to not feel like we have to do life alone. We're made for a relationship, you know, and that's how God designed us. You know, when we're on the receiving end of things as the new mom or as the mom who's just had a baby, it can be hard sometimes to ask for help too. And it can also be hard to know when you need help or what you need. And I've been the person who's reached out and said, let me know if you ever need anything. But when you're on the receiving end of that, It can be hard to know even what you need and how to reach out. And then you forget who those people are who had said, let me know when you need help or let me know if you need anything. You know, you don't really know what to ask for. So I think it can be important to be okay with asking for help when you need it and having a few people that you know you can go to and that you can trust and that will pray for you or help you, however, whichever way you need is so important.
1: I love everything that you said because there's so much to so much to it. There's lots of little little things that I wanna latch on to this whole asking for help idea because I think it ties in kind of a little bit with what we talked about last week, just like the vulnerability and willingness to kind of set aside our pride. One of the conversations that my sister in law and I have had quite often and, and fairly recently as well, since she just had a baby and got one on the way too and, and all of that. But every time she comes over, you know, she's now got five kids to load into the car. And we just went swimming the other day. And I was like, you know, how can I, like, how can I, what can I do to help you, you know, get your kids loaded up? I've got two, you know, it's a little bit easier to manage. And I, her response is often, I mean, just kind of a shrug like, you know, whatever. And we've kind of gotten to this point where she does finally, like, say, this would be helpful. But one of the things that we talk about often is the fact that it's like, how many times a day do we do X, Y, and Z with the number of kids that we have? You know, I I cook all the time with two kids underfoot while pregnant. I do this, you know, I work with kids crawling all over me. And probably one of the biggest I won't say arguments but discussions like very passionate discussions I've had with my husband is the fact that he's like you know you act like you're super mom but you can ask for help. I'm like yeah like I could but I just like I do all of this all the time with with no help so like it's hard to really realize that it would be a lot easier if I had help. And so I think it comes down to that like you were talking about Lisa saying it's hard to really know what we need because I think it often comes down to, it's not like I can't do this. Would it be easier to do whatever with some help or have somebody drop off a meal or, or, you know, have somebody take my kid for the day or whatever, whatever the help is, or even have somebody fold my laundry or, you know, empty the dishwasher. But at the same time, you know, we're sitting back here as, as moms often thinking to ourselves, well, you know, we we can do it. It's not that we can't. So why would I ask for help? And I just want to also kind of encourage and say, hey, that's like that's normal. I'm sure that every mom and even just every every woman listening to this has been in that situation where it's like, I don't, I don't need to ask for help because I could, I could do it. I can. I can get it all done. But I also want to encourage that, that other side of the person saying, hey, how can I help you? Like by you just kind of shrugging them off you're kind of denying them the opportunity to bless you. And I don't say that to like guilt trip anybody, that that's also the other side of it is thinking about ways that you can say, yeah, you can help me in this way because if they extended the help, then they probably truly want to help you.
3: I'm the kind of person who does not like accepting help. I'm the kind of person who also doesn't even really like when people help me because I'm just too controlling. My husband always reminds me it's a gift to other people to let them help you. And I think that that's really beautiful. And one of the, one of the things I always have to remind myself of is, you know, I get a lot of fulfillment out of helping other people, right? I love to help other people. And I need to give that gift back to others because there's always something somebody can help me with. But one of the things that I try to do since I'm so terrible at accepting help is instead of just asking people, Hey, what can I help you with? Or I'm here if you need anything is I always pick something tangible. So I hate folding laundry. (laughs) So I try to help people with like their, some of my least favorite tasks. So it's not quite the same, but a friend of mine just lost both of her parents within the last um, month and a half. And I was like, hey, I would like to come over and help watch your son. You might not need help with that, but like, I would be really happy to come just hang out with him. I'll bring my son, they can play. And like, let me just do that for you. Or, you know, hey, let me come over and fold your laundry or do X, Y, Z. Or when I show up, I'll be like, hey, I see this. I'm just gonna go get started doing your dishes sorry, you just have to deal with it. And most people are a little uncomfortable at first, but then there is that gratitude of like, well, you know, I really did need help getting those dishes done or I'm chasing two kids around and they're both like crazy whirlwinds. I really, I really needed help holding that laundry or just getting, getting something started or whatever it may be, or I needed a minute to breathe. And so that's one thing that I, I really try to do. It's not, Sometimes it does totally invade people's comfort zones and you do have to just step back and be like, okay, I won't fold your laundry. Um, But I feel like people accept me and take me up on my offers more often when I'm trying to offer something super tangible. All you have to do is say yes or no. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to do anything. Just can I help you? Can I do this for you or or is now not a good day, if that makes any sense?
0: Well, I think like sometimes – I I mean I feel the same and I think sometimes we feel like at least for me I feel silly asking for help for 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 things like that that seem mundane you know like folding laundry or doing dishes and I feel silly asking even though in my mind I'm like I really need help (laughs) like is somebody like I really would love it if somebody would help me with my dishes but you feel silly being the one saying hey would you be able to help me today you know I you know it seems like silly tasks but I really would love the help so on the receiving end of it you know, you are giving someone else the opportunity to bless others. Because when I'm the person who's offering, I'm like, yeah, I would do your dishes. Like, let me know when and where, you know, I will be there. But when I'm the mom needing help, I have a hard time saying, hey, I need help. (laughs) And I think part of that stems from, like Reba said, we're so used to just doing it all on our own. And we've done it before. And so we're like, you know what, I'm used to this. I can do it. You know, why do I, I, you know, I should, I want somebody to help, but I really, I can just do it. It's just easier, you know, however, whatever the excuse, but I think another side of it too is for me. It's how I was raised. And so I think that plays into it, too, of like subconsciously the way that we go about needing help kind of comes from how we were raised in our background. You know, for me, my family always struggled financially and we didn't have much, but my parents were kind of really stubborn with asking for help from others. And so I never really got the example lived out of allowing others to help us very much, even though we needed it but we always kind of needed help and so i think you know in a way you're setting an example for your kids as well on how how to maybe go about allowing others to bless you and how to bless mm-hmm. others when they need help so i think that can be a huge piece of it too is just to be be okay with saying yes I've really had to learn this lately, and it's hard. I've really I've had to say yes more often and force myself to say yes when people offer because I've realized, you know what, I don't have to do this all on my own. The day The first day at VBS last week, my daughter was just having a huge meltdown, and it was the one morning my husband had something he had to be at. So I had all three kids. The baby woke up, and so I'm holding him. I didn't bring my carrier because I thought it was just going to be a quick couple-minute drop-off, so I'm just holding him in my arms. My one-and-a-half-year-old was wanting up, and she was kind of getting jealous and nervous about all these kids around. So I'm holding both my youngest in my arms, trying to check my oldest in for registration. And she's being all shy, holding onto my leg. And we go into the room. There's all these kids. She gets really shy in new new scenarios and everything. And one of my friends from my parish was there with her daughter. And I said hi to her. And I, you know, we kind of were like, oh, hey, you know, how's it going? And just kind of try in the shuffle of the kids. And then my daughter just, she would not let me leave. And she was just really starting to struggle. She started tearing up and it was just, it was just became a fight. And my friend was on her way out and she was walking past me and she saw that my daughter was struggling and my one and a half year old was whining and wanting up and I'm holding my baby and I'm just trying to like get down on my knees with holding both kids and like trying to get at her level and make it so I can drop her off, you know? And my friend just goes, can I hold your baby for you really quick? Like, so you can. And I was just like, yes, please. You know, like here. So I've had to be okay with saying yes. And she held him for probably 30 minutes because it ended up being this long battle with my three and a half year old of trying to get her to let me leave. And but... I ended up texting my friend later that day because it was so hard. I ended up in tears. My daughter was crying. It was this huge meltdown. And I ended up just taking her home after an hour of fighting her. It was just horrible. But my friend held our baby for us like while I was trying to deal with this situation. And I... That really spoke volumes to me, even just her holding my baby so I could deal with the other kids was just, I mean, like it almost thinking about it later that day had me in tears because of how big of a blessing that was to me. So I text her and I said, hey, I know it probably didn't feel like that big of a deal to you, but I just want to let you know how thankful I am for you stepping in and offering to hold my baby because that just meant the world to me. And she responded and said, you know, I remember being in your shoes and there were different situations where other moms who had been there reached in and they stepped in and they helped me with little things like that. And I remember it being such a blessing to me that I wanted to bless you. And she said, you will be there one day where you see that mom struggling too, and you need help and you, or they need help and you offer. And I just thought that was so beautiful because it was such a small thing you know, of like, I could have said, no, I'm okay. You know, I'll be out of here in a minute. It's fine. You know, you've got to leave. I'll hold them. It's fine. But instead I just had to say, you know what? Yes, please help me. (laughs) And so it can be little things like that. And, you know, one of the next days, one of my other friends, she has four kids. So she was, you know, we were walking out together after drop-off and she was getting her other two in the car. And one of them was trying to run away. And I only had one of my youngest with me that day so I had buckled him in already and I saw that her son was running away so I just picked him up and I just opened the door and I started buckling him in the car seat for her because she was busy buckling up and so those can be small things too of like helping you know their kids are running off and like helping to entertain their kids or helping put them in their car seats like little things like that I think it doesn't have to be like a huge grand gesture to help another mom. I think sometimes we think it has to be a big meal or it has to be this big thing. And sometimes it is just those small little blessings that really can make the biggest difference.
3: I do want to touch on um, that friend of yours who said, you know, I was there and I've been there and I remember what it was like when our our little one was born. They do meal trains at our church and a bunch of people signed up and brought us meals that I I didn't know. There were maybe only two or three people who brought us meals that I, I actually knew. And I was, you know, everybody would text and be like, hey, we're bringing this over at this time. And I was like, thanks so much. Like, that's so sweet. And every single one of these moms just said, hey, I've been there. I've got five kids or I've got three kids or whatever. And so many people helped me out. I just want to pay it forward, and I thought that that was so beautiful because they did like they didn't know me. It's easy to go make a meal for you know your friend who's had a baby or whatever it may be, but when you don't know somebody to go out of your way when you've got multiple kiddos, you know in tow or underfoot, like that that spoke volumes and it meant so much. So I think that that's something that's important for all of us to just kind of keep in mind to try to put ourselves in the other person's shoes, and. You know, help people out that you might not even know sometimes. Obviously, don't just grab some random person's kid. That might be a little weird. But think, things like bringing somebody a meal. I always now try to check. We have like a local Catholic online group. I try to check all of the meal trains. And if one of them's not super full or, you know, something like that, I, I make an extra effort of making a meal for that person because it just meant so much to us. And these people didn't just like bring us meals some of them would bring like a little bottle of champagne or somebody brought you know a beer for Andrew and a champagne for me and chocolate and all these different things and almost everyone had like a little note with like hey you know enjoy this or you know what this is f- f-, you know has this kind of meaning or symbolism and it just it was so touching that it's something that I try to really pay forward again as well just just trying to be that support for moms who also might not have it i know I might've shared this, but I was at church one day and what, some mom had three kids. She was standing in line for confession and one of them was running all over. And I, and I offered to just like sit with her kids while she went to confession. I had no clue who she was. She didn't know me, but she took me out up on the offer two or three minutes and she was back out and it wasn't a big deal. But it was just one of those things where I saw a need and I thought, you know what, this is a safe situation and, and I think an okay, appropriate thing to do. It was a little outside of my comfort zone but it was just one of those things where I thought, what what's the worst she can say? No, you're weird, whatever. But just offering that help sometimes to people you might not even know super well or just trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes, I think is really uh, important. And sometimes the most meaningful when a random stranger helps you, it can be really touching.
0: You mentioned, you know, them leaving notes or, you know, give with the meals. And somebody once when we had our second daughter, somebody brought a gift for our oldest like and with the meal and I thought that was so neat and that actually she loved it and and something finally was kind of about her instead of the baby (laughs) so that's kind of an idea too you know to if they have other kids to think of what you could do to you know if you are dropping off a meal or you're just wanting to reach out to help thinking of what you could do to help their other kids too that's another fun piece and I um One other little aspect, I think oftentimes we think of bringing people a meal like for dinner. It's kind of just the typical like meal trains are set up. Let's help them with dinner. But for us, at least this time around, I feel like the mornings have been the hardest. Offering to bring you know, that new mom, a coffee. I mean, even if you don't know her, oftentimes the meal train will have their phone number so you can text them to tell them when drop-off is. And saying, like, out of the blue, texting them that week of the meal train, hey, are you a coffee drinker? Could I bring you a coffee in the morning? Or, you know, one little piece that my husband and I have done this time around is made, like, we've made these kind of meal prep, like, instead of freezer meals, they're breakfast sandwiches in the freezer, So bringing something like that that they could stick in the freezer and they could have in the morning when things are just crazy with the kids and the parents don't have a chance to eat. (laughs) So something like that, you know, thinking ahead of like trying to foresee what their needs could be. I think the mornings can be really hard. So offering to even just bring breakfast or to maybe just when you drop off their meal for dinner, you know, adding in a couple little like frozen breakfast burritos or something that they could just pull out and microwave, you know. So thinking of thinking outside the box can kind of be fun, but also as as you are the person who is in need, it can help to kind of write down a list of things that you found helped you. So you can kind of help to foresee some needs that others may have when they're in your shoes. And I think this applies like this whole conversation. Of course, it's helpful for you know, families who have just had babies and how do we help the mom who's just had a baby? But Maddie, you mentioned, you know, your friend who lost her parents. I think all of this can apply to somebody who's lost a loved one and we're trying to figure out how can we help them or, you know, they whatever the case may be, maybe they have a family member in the hospital or something like that. But I think that all of these can apply to us when we need help and also to other situations when those in our lives need help and we have the opportunity to bless them.
3: I was just about to jump in, Lisa, um, and say that I think another great time to help people is sometimes before they have their baby. I know like you get that nesting and sometimes you get a big spike in energy, but there are some of us who just have miserable pregnancies. And it can be really nice to have that little bit of extra help before baby comes. I mean, it depends on how well you know the person, right? But sometimes just being like, hey, can I come over and help you organize things or keep things clean or whatever it may be? Reba, I know that's kind of the boat you're in expecting number 3. So c- could you recommend or are there any things that you can kind of think of that you know might be nice as you're pregnant or coming up to delivery where people might also be able to help? Cuz it's I mean once the baby's born obviously is a huge change but pregnancy's
1: tough too. I was getting ready to say nothing is more Humbling than being forced to be on bed rest. <laughs> so I, with my first, I was diagnosed with preeclampsia at 28 weeks and had to be, my, my midwife probably was, kind in saying that it was modified bed rest it probably should have been like severe like full on bed rest so I didn't take it quite as seriously as I probably should have but we had a lot of renovations done on my on our house that we had to get done so we had people kind of helping in and out for for the next 10 well it was a little less than that nine eight weeks that I was on bed rest and doing projects that I just couldn't even get to So that was really helpful. So I think even just kind of being aware, like you said, Maddie, about not everyone has super easy pregnancies where they're running around um, chasing chickens at 41 weeks, six hours before they're induced. Like my sister-in-law. So some of us have have really challenging pregnancies. <laughs> but one of the things that I've really found helpful with this one and this current pregnancy, which, you know, we're, we're several, we're at 23 weeks, still a risk of preeclampsia being diagnosed, but, but, but not so much right now. My blood pressure has been really good, but I've still been really aware of what I'm doing, aware of my body. And I've had some friends just come over and like ask, what can I do to help with this? Or can I give you a few hours for you to prepare, prep, whatever you need to. But one of the most helpful things I think has been just my mom coming over and she's like helped organize our little girl's room because we've got another little girl on the way and we'll need to have that organized enough to, to be able to move her in there eventually. And, and then also just getting like our basement food storage ready and, and kind of organized. So just little things like that even have been really helpful but i think the biggest thing leading up to leading up to birth for for mamas i think would just be like even helping them prepare mentally because it's as you mentioned lisa like that fourth trimester there's a lot of nerves even with the second third and subsequent children that kind of come with with birthing, with, you know, that life actually being outside of your body and and just different things like that. So just even supporting them in in that capacity too in terms of chatting with them about, you know, how they're feeling about it, a discussion, taking them out for dinner, whatever the case may be there. So that mental help as well. And just checking in leading up to their due date or birth or, or whatever I think is helpful as well. But i definitely felt appreciative of a lot of the tangible help that I've received in the last couple of weeks too. So, yeah, those are the those are the things that I think of. At least, <laughs> I also wanted to ask Claire. You've been she's been really quiet because uh, she's a wonderful aunt and uh, doesn't have kiddos of her own. So obviously, this postpartum stuff is a little different for you, Claire. But I want to say one of the one of the best things that I've received was through the admin team from LifeSite, was a surprise of ice cream and like a really fun note from from the admin team. So I want to hear from Claire, maybe some of the things that you've done, because you're really creative with how you take care of people. And I'd just love to hear kind of your thoughts about everything that we've talked about so far.
2: Well, really quickly, I kind of wanted to speak on what Lisa said about having an example One of the ladies at my parish youth group when I was a teenager said something that I've never forgotten. She said that she was just one of those women who was always very involved. (laughs) So she was always around. But uh, she said that if someone asks if she needs help, she always says yes. Uh, She might not know what she needs help with, but she said that there's always something to do. So she will always say yes. So I think saying yes, but I'm not sure what I need help with yet is actually a good thing. So I've kind of never forgotten that. Um, And I know you all kind of just touched on that. And it actually, I think it taught me also to mean it when I offer to help. Because like when you're a teenager, I don't know, when I was a teenager, I'd be like, you need help and then kind of disappear. But that taught me to like, no, if you say that, mean it. And then so I think that's where being specific helps. Like, what can I do to help you? This is these are the things that I do really well or these are the things that I can do for you, like go get your groceries or, um, <clears throat> I don't know, fold your laundry or something like that and when. So, you know, like I can do it on Wednesday because I have this afternoon off or something like that. And I think just being specific helps with the fact that we're, like, we're all kind of very far away from each other. I think utilizing technology is a really great thing. I mean, like Lisa, you talked about getting that coffee and cookie from Reba. The struggles that she had to go through to get that coffee cuz whatever like Uber Eats was like not not cooperating. It's like, "No, this mom needs her coffee and we will get it to her."
0: <laughs> and she didn't even know like what I usually order, but she's like, "I hope you like it. I just know you needed one." And I mean, I love any coffee, so I'm like, "Yes, it's it was great." So maybe like right before you get back to what you're saying, Claire, like the the mom's baby shower or something prior to having the baby or whoever, you know, like having maybe like have them write down for you, like, what's your favorite coffee order? What's your favorite coffee shop? Like, what are some of your favorites? And then that way, you know, like, if if there is a day that you want to send them something or surprise them, I don't know, that made that whole coffee order thing made me think, gosh, this would be such a good idea to like, ask other friends like, okay, what is your favorite X, Y, Z so that I can know for when I want to help you? <laughs> Anyways, continue,
2: Claire. One of the things that I I see, and I mean, I know that I, I'm not a parent. So I know that like, I, I don't know what it's like to be a parent. One of the things that I often see is that there's a lot of things concentrating on the baby and the children. So you don't, I feel like the parents are often forgotten. So Maddie, what you said about your friends or um, your community bringing you champagne and beer. I feel like that's brilliant. So I think like putting things like that on the baby shower, it was like, well, your favorite coffee shop, your favorite beer, your favorite drink, your favorite restaurant. I feel like that's important. And I think that's really fun because obviously the ice cream is not for the baby.
1: <laughs> I do think that that's important to um, like and and care for their like mental health as well. I, one of the, one of the favorite meals that I actually got with our second was the fact that they brought like a, not, I wouldn't say like fancy, but it was like a nicer, like it had some spice to it because she had asked ahead of time, like if I was tolerating that well and so on and so forth. And and then she brought like food specifically for children. So it was like, our, you know, our oldest at the time was like two and and so it was, there was no worries about whether or not we had to like force him to eat what they brought, which was like, I think it was like enchiladas or something like that, like force him to eat it. And so it just goes back to what you're talking about, kind of caring for the the parents as well. And just like, here, here's an easy meal that we know that your toddler is going to like to eat and you don't have to worry about, about <laughs> a mealtime battle or whatever. So I agree. So
2: what are your favorite coffee drinks?
1: Depends on the day. But I do
0: love, I love lattes and mochas. Mm -hmm. White mochas are always a safe bet. Or smoothies. Like smoothies are also good. Like if you have somebody who's not a coffee drinker, you know, but maybe they would like a smoothie. So there are tons of other options and ways, you know. I thought of that. I thought, gosh, baby showers should have like, you know how you play all those games and everything. But what would really help is if you had like, you know, a little, little sheet they fill out of like, what's your favorite coffee? What's your favorite coffee place? What's your favorite smoothie order? If somebody were to offer to watch your kids for an hour, would you take them up on it? Yes, no. <laughs> you know, would you be okay with somebody folding your laundry? And, and that way you kind of maybe know their comfort level too. But, and then maybe like whoever's hosting can divvy up the tasks to different people who came to the shower, you know, and, and reach out. Maybe the host of the shower reaches out to everybody who came within the first couple months of, you know, the mom having the baby and says, hey, who wants to take, you know, who wants to take him a coffee today or who wants to, because it goes beyond like the meal train thing, which is very helpful, but it's a very common, I think there's so many other ways we can help and support moms and friends. So
2: we should create a fun little sheet that has all these things on it.
0: We should. And then we should post it in the show notes for all of our listeners.
2: (laughs) I'll get on it. I'll do it. We have 24 hours to make it happen.
0: (laughs) And I got the ice cream too from Lifesite and that was so good. I want to I I went through this ice cream craving in the first like two within the first 2 months of having him and it was like all I wanted every day. I'm pretty sure I was the only one who ate all 6 pints of ice cream that came. So <laughs> it was slightly embarrassing, but also it was really good. It hit the spot. So
2: there are a lot of ways to help. <laughs> Rebecca our admin director was the one who started that and I love it.
0: I do too. Cause flowers are nice, but flowers last a week and they're pretty, but then they're kind of, they die and then they're done. But ice cream lasts a little bit longer.
1: I also don't know if she's still doing this, but at least I know it stood out in my mind for our oldest included in that was like a cute poem that was almost like a poem slash prayer for our baby. And I still have that piece of paper with that on there because it was just such a sweet little note. So I I don't know. It was cute and funny and just, I don't know, perfect. So it was fun.
2: She didn't get to do that this but, time, but I, because she yeah. just didn't, she was really busy, but I know she's like super talented when it comes to those things.
1: So those things, those things are meaningful too. I think just as a like extra above and beyond and, and things like that.
0: Really quick before we end, it's always good to double check after They've had the baby, like if there's any dietary restrictions, because with our first, I got to eat a little bit of the ice cream that I received. And then we found out that our baby was had a milk protein intolerance. And so I had to cut out dairy for a year. So I didn't get to finish enjoying the ice cream. So sometimes things can change with dietary restrictions and you can't have dairy or whatever because you're nursing. And so definitely double check. You know, I knew my husband got to enjoy the ice cream. So it was really great for him. But,
1: (laughs) but there are some times, you know, different, every baby's different. Only a few things in life that I refuse to eat. I'll consume anything that's put in front of me, but not tuna. If somebody were to bring me tuna casserole or something like that, I think I would have a really hard time to say, yeah, thanks for this meal. So I think it's important. But on all of that, I would just like you said, Lisa. I think it's probably time for us, time for us to wrap up, even though we could probably talk for uh, quite a while. But I just want to say that thanks to people that sent emails and messages last week about community. I'd love to hear. I think we all would love to hear kind of from you guys um, some additional ideas or thoughts about postpartum or taking care of people in various ways. So if you send us an email at ladiesatlifesitenews.com, we would love to hear from you or just send us an email with your favorite coffee beverage or tea beverage because I think we all like to hear hear about those things and that's kind of just building community. So and I will I promise I will actually make up that that little fact sheet with some questions that we've thought of so if you have any ideas for additional things to add to that let us know and i can always update it be sure to subscribe to ladies of life if you haven't already and sign up for our emails so those links will be in the description